On today's show, Frankie Montas, not starting 2023 on time. Are we surprised? Not really. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, Yankee fans. Welcome to Locked on Yankees, which is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. I'm a baseball writer and a podcast host, and I've been hosting Locked on Yankees since the 2018 season. I'd like to thank you for making Locked on Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms including Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button to like our videos and the bell so you're notified as soon as our videos go live. So the big news this week. Finding out that Frankie Montas's bulky shoulder, which was bulky when they traded for him and bulky enough for him to miss the regular season and not miss, end the regular season early and miss the division series against Cleveland, is bulky once again, and he's now expected to miss some time going into the season, at least a month. But we know how that goes. Every time a pitcher is expected to miss at least a month, it usually turns into like three. So I wouldn't expect to see him before the All-Star break, really. I mean, if we're being <laughs> cautious here, I do not have faith in the Yankees figuring out what the problem is, and I don't have faith in him coming back sooner than expected, that's definitely not happening. I wouldn't want that to happen either because you always, whenever someone comes back early from a pitching injury, it usually doesn't turn out well. So yes, it's a problem. It'd be a bigger problem if they expected more from him. But right now, when you're looking at the depth chart, he's the fifth starter. So the Yankees can get away with not having him the first, say, month, two months of the season. You have Domingo Herman. You have Clark Schmidt. You know, you can do a bullpen game every five days, as long as the starters don't make it so they have to use the bullpen too much when they're starting their games. So there are things for the Yankees to do, but the annoying thing about this is they traded for him knowing he was injured and... It's one thing to trade for a pitcher with an injury that isn't an injury to a part of his body that's crucial to pitching. Does that make sense? You know, because when the Yankees traded for Harrison Bader, you know, he was battling plantar fasciitis. And that's a bad thing for a speedy guy who plays the outfield because it affects his foot. And they also trade for Montas who has a shoulder injury as a pitcher. And they traded away perfectly good pitchers for him. <laughs> I don't understand how the Yankees can get stuff like this wrong. They wouldn't trade for Luis Castillo. The Reds were asking for too much. Is there really too much when they're asking for someone in return for Luis Castillo? No. So then the Yankees go out and get Frankie Montas, who's injured. And now it's really coming back to bite them in the rear end. Earlier today, MLB put out a tweet, top 10 right-handed prospects and top 10 left-handed prospects and asked, who are you most excited about? 
Former Yankee Phil Hughes mentioned Ken Waldachuk, and I quote tweeted Hughes and put cries in Yankee fan. <laughs> sure, the A's are looking forward to Ken Waldachuk. The Yankees could have been too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this was a bad move. This was a bad move. So I'm going to be mad at Brian Cashman for this. Because it just feels like... <sighs> you kind of understand why moves are made, but they never seem to work out for the Yankees. And it's almost like, why do you guys keep trying to make moves like this when you know they're not going to work out well? And that's what I feel like is happening with Frankie Montas. And I feel bad. It's not like the guy is trying to be hurt. He's trying to come back, but... You know, that news was not the news Yankee fans needed. Again, the thing about it is he's the fifth starter. It's not like one of the top shelf starters. <laughs> For the audio people, I'm banging on my stand here because I had to knock on wood. I don't want to put that out into the universe. But you know what I mean? It's better that he's the fifth starter. The Yankees can probably get away with not having a fifth starter or a set fifth starter. Again, could be Domingo Herman. You know, and if it's not him or maybe it's him every other start, fifth start, and maybe they'll do bullpen games, like I said earlier. You never know. But it's just... It's disappointing that the Yankees made this move and it just has not worked out. And the one appearance that he did make in the ALCS, he gave up a home run against Houston. Let's not go back into that. That'll just make me angry because now I'll, I'll be um, mad at Aaron Boone's pitching moves. And I've talked about that ad nauseum since the playoffs ended. So let's not get into that. So that's the big news. Frankie Montas missing at least a month probably more. Just put it on your calendar. You know, don't think it's just going to be April. It'll probably be May into May. But I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a longer stint than that. I really do. I just don't have a good feeling about this because it's the shoulder. Your shoulder is important when you pitch. Just saying. Oh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. Adam Warren and David Phelps both announced retirements today. They seem too young to be retiring. This is very upsetting to me. But good luck to Adam Warren and David Phelps, former Yankees. Good on you for retiring. I have to discuss this. I'm actually, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I am actually going to defend Hal Steinbrenner. Because there are other owners who are saying and doing things to embarrass their fan bases. And we're lucky Hal doesn't do that. So we're going to discuss that in a moment. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to basketball. We've got it all at BetOnline.net football let's briefly talk about football can we talk about the Giants because that was very exciting this weekend and I had a good feeling going into that game you know a lot of people were talking about how the Vikings were frauds and hey turns out they were hmm now who to bet in the 49ers Cowboys 
match up. That's what's happening, right? Ooh, that's a big one. I wonder. Yeah. And then the Giants, Eagles. It's another big one. BetOnline.net is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. You can make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And just so you know, Lindsay does a mailbag show on Mondays, and then he records regular episodes Tuesday through Saturday, because Lindsay has a lot of teams to cover. He covers everyone, and he does an amazing job, so listen to his show. Okay, so it's time for me to defend Hal Steinbrenner, and I can't believe I'm doing this, but let's just say that as Yankee fans, we are lucky that our owner is not like his father and doesn't put his foot in his mouth. Because this weekend, Phil Castellini, who is the son of Bob Castellini, who owns the Cincinnati Reds, said some things. Phil is the president and COO of the Reds. And he was at a luncheon this weekend with a group of Reds fans. They are boosters. They're called the Rosy Reds, okay? This group of boosters, not the specific people who were there today, but the group itself was founded in 1964, okay? Anyone who is a part of it is a hardcore Cincinnati Reds fan. They love their team through thick and thin. And Phil Castellini... Mm, embarrassed himself this weekend. And it's not the first time that he's done this. He said some things last season that caused Red fans to have a collective conniption fit. And it took him over a month to apologize to them because they basically were saying, if you aren't going to make the team better, why don't you guys sell? And he said, who are we going to sell to? Who are you going to root for? And then he was complaining about how baseball's economic system makes it hard for him to do anything. So again, it took a month for him to apologize to Red fans, Reds fans. So fast forward <laughs> to this weekend at a luncheon amongst hardcore Reds fans, Castellini decides to do a presentation complete with slides. He has a mic. And he basically is saying this team has no shot. They have no shot. And they haven't had a shot in a while. And it's almost like you're the one who should be doing something to make the team better. But here you are instead complaining that you can't do anything to make the team better but you can every team has the ability to make their team better you may not have money like steve cohen you might not have money like hal steinbrenner but there's always a way to make your team better you can sign people you can trade for people and using the whole we're a small market team and no one helps us as an excuse 
to not do your job is not great. So Reds fans were fired up because you don't want the person who runs your team to basically come out and tell you you have nothing to root for. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I was talking about the Pirates and how they don't spend money. And I was going to lump the Reds in there as well. You have to make it so fans want to come to the stadium. And even if it means that you're not going to contend, you know, the Reds are going to have a bunch of young players. And it might not be the prettiest kind of baseball that you want to watch. It'll be exciting to see these kids come into their own. So why wouldn't you come out and talk about that aspect of everything and kind of put a positive spin on everything instead of blaming the rest of baseball for you not spending money and making the team better? He also joked about how the Reds were run like a nonprofit organization. It was the worst timing for him to do this in front of all those fans, those longtime fans who go to this luncheon every year. I just don't understand. So I was thinking about how Yankee fans, and if you're not watching on audio, I'm pointing to myself, complain about Hal Steinbrenner. And yes, I complain about him because there are certain things that he does that drives me crazy. But at least he puts a team out there who will almost always make the playoffs. And if they don't, they're at least almost there. They're never, you know, only winning 65 games, only winning 70, 75. It's always above 500. It's always, you know, there's maybe like three weeks left in the season. And there's still like a slim chance that they're going to make the playoffs, but they don't. Because how many times in the last 25 years have the Yankees not made the playoffs? Not too many. You can count it on one hand. How many times have the Reds not made the playoffs? How many times have the Pirates not made the playoffs? And they still have hungry fan bases. They have great stadiums. People talk about both of those stadiums, Great American Ballpark and PNC. PNC is one of the prettiest views in baseball. But the owners don't want to do anything to make the teams better. Although I will say, in the Pirates' defense, they look a little more exciting now that they signed Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> That at least boosts them a little bit. But what are the Reds doing? Their president and COO is coming out and complaining that he can't run his team because the rest of the baseball world is run in a way that keeps him down. And it's funny because I think he really thought that the people at this luncheon were going to side with him and feel bad for him. Oh, yeah, we're the small market Reds. We can't compete with the Yankees and the Mets and the Dodgers. And instead, the fans were just sitting there going, did he really just say that? As I said, you can spin it where your team, yes, you may not expect them to make the playoffs, but you can talk about how, hey, we're going to have a young, exciting team and we're on the cusp. We're maybe a couple of moves away from contending. But don't come out and say you have nothing to root for because that's basically what he did. That's not how you run a team. That's not how you promote a team it's definitely not how you promote a team and it's just sad that he did that and yeah that was that was big news for Cincinnati but I wanted to do the comparison to Hal because yes 
We complained about the moves that he okays that Cashman does. We complain about the fact that he comes out and says things like, oh, yeah, you know, we have a championship team. When the Yankees clearly don't have a championship team. They're almost there. But why lie to us and say that? We know that it's not a hello. They haven't been to the World Series in 13 years. They haven't won the World Series in 13 years. But again, I would rather have that than have an owner come out and say, yeah, you have no reason to uh, root for us because we're not going to do anything this year. So yeah, next time you complain about Hal, think about Phil Castellini. And thank your lucky stars that he doesn't run the Yankees. <laughs> so in a moment, we're going to talk about a shakeup at Yes. There was a shakeup at the Yes Network, and I have thoughts. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first, I am disappointed. I'm disappointed. Okay. And I think I can talk about this now because it's a year later. And he's no longer with the Yes Network, so I can't talk about this. Cameron Mabin is no longer going to be with the Yes Network. And I'm very upset about this because I suggested him last January. I said it on Twitter. I brought up Cameron Mabin. I brought up CeCe. I think I may have said Curtis Granderson as well. um, Because I thought that the Yes Network needed to bring in people of color. They needed a little more diversity. And I thought Cameron Mabin could be cool. He was a recent player. He played with the Yankees. I mean, it may have been a short time, but, you know, he could talk about the players who are on the field now because he has experience with some of them. And I thought his insights could be cool. And I enjoyed listening to Cameron Mabin. You know, it was a little rough around the edges at the beginning, but he got the swing into the swing of things toward the end of the season. And he had a good rapport with Kay and with Ruko and Cone, and I'm disappointed that they didn't renew his, I guess they didn't renew his contract and they're not bringing him back. I'd gotten a DM from someone at Yes who said, you were ahead of the curve, you said it way back in January that we should hire him, and he did really great in his audition game, and... Uh, that I got that DM right after they announced that they hired him. And I was so excited because I thought, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then I I didn't respond with this joke, but I wanted to. I wanted to say to the person, um, you know, if you guys need help finding anyone else to do uh, broadcasting, let me know. I will be your recruiter or whatever. Um, so I'm disappointed just because I I suggested it. And not that they listened to me. It was just they had him on the brain, too. And it was just funny we both did at the same time. So I'm disappointed he's not coming back. Carlos Beltran will remain with the Yes Network. I believe he'll still be in the studio. But I was thinking about all the different broadcasters that the Yes Network has. And what I think they're good at. Okay. Because I find it amusing. And I... I wonder if anyone else finds this amusing. But I find it amusing when John Flaherty talks about hitting. I feel like he should talk from the point of view of a catcher looking at what a pitcher is throwing. And how a catcher and a pitcher works together. I mean, the man caught Randy Johnson. And it was late. 
career Randy Johnson, but it was still Randy Johnson. And I think that point of view from him would be better than hearing him talking about hitting. I mean, he was a major leaguer, so he hit, but I feel like Paul O'Neill should be the one who talks in depth about hitting because Paul O'Neill was a good hitter, you know? And I know he says a lot of funny things and, you know, he likes to pick on Michael Kay, which is always funny. And, you know, him, Kay, and Cone make a good trio. And I feel like they need to play to the strengths of the guys in the booth. Cone is fantastic, obviously, at breaking down pitches, Talking about stats because he's one of those rare 90s, 80s and 90s players who doesn't complain about the changes in baseball, unlike certain guys, John Smoltz, who complain all the time on every game that they do. Cone accepts the changes that are happening in baseball. He talks about stats. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't drone on and on. He knows when to come in and when to stop talking, and he's just perfection. And every booth in baseball should have a David Cone, okay? And I'm not saying that because I had him on my show two years ago. I'm saying it because he's awesome, okay? So his strength is talking about pitching and talking about the strategy and talking about the stats and how they use the stats to throw the pitches and that sort of thing. O'Neill needs to talk about hitting. Flaherty needs to talk about the approach as a catcher, how you talk to the pitcher, what you're seeing from the pitcher, and even, in a way, what you see from the pitcher and the catcher's point of view and how the pitches move and stuff like that. Like, I know it's different than it was 15 years ago when he was still, more than 15 years ago, when he was still playing. Guys are throwing a lot harder now, but again, he did catch Randy Johnson. So, I almost said Randy Jackson. Yeah, that would have been funny. Jeff Nelson is great. I think Jeff Nelson's really good, actually. I was pleasantly surprised with Jeff Nelson, and I think he does a really good job. He's still going to be around. And am I missing anyone? I don't think I'm missing anyone. But Cameron Maben has other jobs. He does, I think he did Cubs games. And I think that maybe MLB Network is looking into using him. But I'm just disappointed it only lasted one season because I thought he could really be great. And you can't really judge someone from one season of work because they improve and they figure out how to work with the people that they're working with. Because it can't be that easy coming into a job like that, green. And, you know, it's the Yankees. It's you're not doing no offense to teams, other teams in smaller markets, but being on the Yankees broadcast is a big deal. It's just like being on SNY. I mean, everyone talks about how great the Mets booth is, and it would be like coming in there and getting your feet wet and trying to figure things out. And I feel like a year or a season isn't long enough. And I'm disappointed that yes is parting ways with Cameron Maben. But like I said, they need to play to the strengths of the other guys in the booth. And things will be good. I mean, things are fine, but I think things could be better. That's what I'm saying. Things can be better in the booth. And that's my 
suggestion. No one needs to listen to me, but I just feel like it could be better. And I would like for people to say that the Yes booth is the best one in baseball instead of saying that the SNY booth is the best one in baseball because I'm a Yankee fan and I want them to be the best at everything. Sue me. So, to recap, Frankie Montas, balky shoulder, still balky. Phil Castellini makes me thankful that we have Hal Steinbrenner and that he doesn't run his mouth. And the Yes Network is shaking things up and not too much. I mean, it's going to be basically the same guys, except for Cameron Mabin. But I had some suggestions. Hopefully someone will listen. John J. Filippelli. Listen to me. I kind of know what I'm talking about. Sort of. I mean, I'm a broadcasting major. And yes, I did graduate college in the Stone Ages. But I remember some of the stuff I was taught in my broadcasting classes. And yeah, Flaherty should talk about catching. Cone should keep doing what he's doing. O'Neill should break down hitting. And uh, Jeff Nelson, keep doing what you're doing as well, because you're awesome. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show on every podcasting platform available. You can also watch us and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, hit the thumbs up button, comment on YouTube, and click the bell so you know when our videos go up. Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. For your second listen... Check out Locked on MLB Prospects, host Lindsey Crosby. He's a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, and he's on six days a week. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So enjoy your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.